Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. We are always told about the things you should do in divorce, but this is a, this episode in particular is about the things you should not do in divorce. We have come up with the top five things that lawyers, particularly my mum, yep. Lynn Galvin, as a lawyer, wish she, all her clients knew about. And we're going to share these tips with you on the five things that you shouldn't do in divorce. Hello, mum. Hello, Laura. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for coming along. We're really excited because for the first time ever, we are also doing this live through TikTok. Hopefully this works. If not, if it doesn't work, so be it. (laughs) But the problem with doing it live on TikTok is we don't get to edit, which is really hard. But anyway, we'll give it our best shot. the dogs don't bark. Mum, the five don'ts that you would wish your clients knew when going through divorce and the number one first top tip for don'ts is don't take your ex's word for what you're entitled to. That's often the, like when you discuss separating, if you're discussing it with your ex, they'll often tell you something like you, you won't be getting any of the super or um, I'm going to um, I, I'm going to get 70% of the property or something like that. Don't, don't take their word for it. It's very hard when you've been a couple uh, for so long, mm. you know, if you've been together and especially if you've got kids together, to make sort of joint decisions and think about yourselves as a couple. But this is time now for you to think about yourself as you and Mm -hmm. treat your ex-partner as just someone that you know, but you need to go and get your own legal advice. Uh, The number of times people have come into me through my career and they've already spent a few months um, basically spinning their wheels um, about Mm. what they're entitled to and are absolutely astounded when they find out what the true entitlement is. So you need to get legal advice. You can be pretty sure if your ex is telling you what's what, they've had some legal advice and often they didn't like that advice. So they'll say things like, "Don't let's not involve lawyers. Don't, don't go to the lawyer. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's my number one top tip. And I guess it is really hard if you've been married, maybe mm. you've been together for 15 years or 20 years yep. or 100 years, hopefully you, that, that's not the case. But, you know, and, and of course you're in that, still in that mindset mm. of, well, we're a team, maybe, you know, if it's not high conflict or manipulative and controlling and it's just, you know, you're just separating because it's not working out, you don't, you, you think, oh, yeah, yeah, well, maybe yeah. I don't. I, I can trust them. But unfortunately, when it comes down to it, you can't have each other's best interest at heart anymore because you are literally going separate ways yes. and you just need to know where you stand legally. And there are so many listeners that we've got that write in and say, I wish I had. I, we did a TikTok the other yeah. day about our divorce limbo episode and people said, yep, we said we were going to do it ourselves. Turns out he just said that because he didn't want me to know what I was legally entitled to and now it's too late. Oh, so it is the yeah. big number one, don't take their word for it. Doesn't mean you don't love them. Doesn't mean you're a sneaky person if you go and see a lawyer. It just means you're treating your divorce in a business like Yes, manner. you're consciously uncoupling and, and preparing yeah. for your new life. So it's all about you, not about you as a couple. Okay. Yes. Yeah. 
All right. That's so number that, one. That's, that's a, like an emotional barrier people need to get yeah. over, and it is one we ram through in every episode. Go and see a lawyer just for 20 minutes, a free chat. Go and just see where you stand. Yeah. Don't take their word for it because they're not going to have your best interests at heart, no matter how much you think they are nice to mm. you. Number two, big no-no in divorce, and that is what? Don't be guilted into taking less than you should. Uh, mm. You know, some people, maybe they've been unfaithful in the relationship or the other person's got a mental health problem or mm. they just make you feel bad. If you're an empathetic mm. person and the other person's um, not uh, not empathetic, um, they may be manipulating you, manipulating and controlling you into taking less than you should. I think you need to say to my, say to yourself, am I going to be okay in two or four years when I take this? Am I going to be uh, upset and feel ripped off if I take less? Mm. And guilt mm. doesn't have any role to play in Australian law. In Australian family law, the court doesn't care who did what. What about in any other country? Is there guilt I, in I other countries? I think there might be still in some countries, but not in the UK, really? not in Ireland anymore. Yeah. And we mm. uh, got rid of the um, the Matrimonial Causes Act in 1975 in Australia. So so before that, yes, there was guilt. Mm. And, you know, you see those old movies where people take photos mm. of people having affairs so they can get a divorce. That's not, not going to happen here. So you need to just be, you need to honour your future self and, and just try and put yourself in that headspace. If you think you might give in and take less than you should, I suggest you go out and have a look at some homes, open houses, or realistically um, look at where you might be living, what you need, and also do a realistic budget um, and see if you can manage because I think often you can't. And, again, I think go and talk to a lawyer. So if you do end up giving up something just to sort of save litigation or, or the emotional trauma, at least you know how much you're giving up. Yeah. Mm. And, and and I guess that it is that, that guilt a lot of people have in the beginning. Yeah. But well, you've got to think about you and your life in 10 years from now. Yeah. Yes, you may have felt guilty about taking. Maybe it was an extra ten grand. Maybe it was an extra fifty thousand. Yeah. Who knows? But but are you going to feel guilty in ten years, or are you going to regret that you didn't yeah. get a, what you were entitled to? Because you're going to look back and go, "Damn, I really wish I had got what I was entitled to." Maybe for the kids to help them with their education in the future, or your car might break down, and you're going to look back and go. I really wish I didn't feel guilty because I'm entitled to yeah. it and I need to get over that barrier. And, and if you, one of the common things that we find is that you th you feel guilty because you think it was you and that you're the one leaving and the other person seems to be blameless. But then a year down the track, you find out some things and you go, gosh darn it, I've, <laughs> I've been scammed. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. So you've got that opportunity. Maybe they're just scamming you, sweet-talking you, so you don't get what you're yeah, entitled to. Ending. Or maybe you just haven't thought about your future self. You literally have to take yourself out of the situation you're in and put yourself in the shoes of the future you yes. and go, and, what is and it be, that I need? Be your future you's best friend. What would you say mm. to What would you mm. say to a friend of yours now if they were thinking of taking that deal? You know, wouldn't you be mm. saying, oh, mate, you need to really think about that. Yeah. Yes. And also your children. I think a lot of people, like for child support yeah. and, you know, property settlement, they feel guilty about asking for child support or they feel guilty about asking for money. But 
but your kids won't feel guilty. No. Your kids will want to have the right provided. So it's not just about you. It's also about your children. Yes. So if you can't get over the guilt, think, what would my daughter ask me? You yeah. know, your, my son asked me if they later asked me, can I get new shoes? Can, can I go and to camp and you go, oh, I'm not sure this year or you've already done yeah. this. And I, yes, so think about that. There's a reason the Child Support um, Act exists and the child support yeah. agency is that independent broker so that you don't make a bad deal um, on behalf mm. of your children you're there if you've got children you're kind of their trustee yep yeah okay all right so that leads us to the first two don'ts yes. in getting divorced or separated and that is don't take their word for it go find out and the other one is don't feel guilty you are entitled to it. There's a reason it's created that way and your future self and your children in the future will thank you for, for not feeling guilty and getting what you're entitled yep. to. What's number three, Mum? What's the number three don't that you wished your clients didn't do? Okay, so this is kind of chronologically following on. Um, yeah. Don't sign any consent orders. In, in Australia you can finalise children and property by consent orders. Don't sign any of them without going and getting some advice on the actual orders themselves before you sign it. Okay. So if you have a binding financial agreement, people would have heard it, it's called a financial agreement now or a child support agreement or a binding child support agreement. Often they require um, a solicitor to give a certificate, but consent orders don't have that requirement. You could, I've had a client who signed her consent orders in front of her husband on the bonnet of the car outside the news agency. And oh, no, no, yes, no, no. Without thinking, um, they may, yeah. someone like a, a woman, for instance, may say, unless you sign these orders, I'm not going to uh, let you have the kids for the weekend or I'm, you know, that, so don't, don't be bullied into that. Don't be pressured into that and go and see someone and say, do yeah. these orders say what I think they say? Because, you know, they might not, you, you might think in your heart you know what they mean, but what what would the court say about them? And secondly, yeah, am I doing the right thing? Am I giving rights away? And if so, what am I giving away? And then you can make a decision. So, yeah, because they're binding. Child support, uh, sorry, consent orders are binding. They get filed in the court. And the only way you can change them uh, is with property orders particularly uh, you have to get special leave to reopen and it's hardly ever given in the courts. The courts have the view that once you have your property settlement, that's it. So you, you're committing, mm. again, like you say, what you said for your future self. So get them checked. Yeah. Um, but particularly uh, consent orders re relating to kids seem a lot more straightforward to p people, you know. Um, people look at it and go, oh, well, you don't have to be legally trained to understand who's dropping off, who's picking up, what are we doing this. But a lawyer, if you go and see someone, they will have all the whatabouts, what ifs, what ifs, you know, what if Father's Day, um, what if Easter is not during the holidays, what if, I don't know, but just um, they might raise the things that you might have forgotten to put in or they might not, there might be a little line in there that, that isn't what you intend but has big unintended consequences and you can't just reopen children's matters willy-nilly. So you've got... Signing your consent orders, make sure you get someone, you talk to someone about it before you do it. Yeah. The the thing I wanted to ask you about consent orders and before you sign it, you know, 
you've always told me whenever I bought a house to do a walkthrough and imagine me living Mm -hmm. in the house and walking through it and where I put my shopping, where would the kids sleep, you know, doing all of that. So when it comes to consent orders with children in particular, is that kind of the same thing people should be doing? I give such good advice, don't I, Laura, to you? (laughs) Yes. So that's what you do. Imagine it, like think it through. Okay, so what if I'm supposed to hand the children over on Boxing Day? What if we're going on holidays? Does that mean I can never go and see my mother in Melbourne on Christmas? Things like that. Mm. You need to be able to just think it through. Um, You might have some resistance on the other side in terms of negotiation. Uh, You might not be able to get everything you want, but there might be some unintended consequences. Um, And you might Mm. be able to say, for instance, using that example, you might be able to say to your ex, well, don't you occasionally want to take the kids out to visit your mum in Rocky or up to Rocky? So, you know, we can do that in alternate um, alternate years or something. So, yes, and there's nothing that you can think of that can't be put in an order um, about that just with the right wording. And lawyers have that in our heads. We know um, how to write that down so that it's enforceable, easy to read, and it covers everything that you want. Okay, so go and see a lawyer. Don't, do not, number three, do not, do not go and sign consent orders for property or children's matters unless you've seen someone who can check it through. Because, yeah, like you said, there's little word bombs in there that could mean something that you don't understand. So, you know, there's, there's lives with. In Australia, they write that, yeah. which which has big connotations. I guess parental responsibility has big connotations. Yes. There's soul and joint. You don't want to be accidentally tricked out of that yeah. with just a simple piece of wording. So yes. don't don't do what one of mum's clients has done in the past. Was it a client mm-hmm. that signed it on a Ford? On the bonnet yeah. of the car. Don't sign and consent orders on the bonnet of the car. Uh, um, they'd given it to their ex-partner who had filed it in the court and although oh, you can appeal a consent order technically uh, within 28 mm. days, she didn't come and see me till much after. And it was one of those mm. word bombs, Laura, that um, she didn't realise was in there. A classic is that um, I've seen a, a consent order sign where it said that the mother will um, see the children, have the, uh, the children will be in the mother's care at all such times as agreed between the parties, full stop. And then, of course, the other party never agreed. And, and they weren't in breach of the order because that was all it said and, and that oh, person no. thought it was amicable. If you've got a situation like that in Australia, guys, why bother with an order? Just just don't bother with an order and that way you're mm. keeping your mm. options open because that case of rice and aspirin in Australia means you can't go back to court um, usually unless there's a big change in circumstances. So. Yeah. Before you sign those orders, it's not like you can add things into a consent well, order later. Is put there? it in a parenting plan, I guess, later on, but it's a good time to just put it in while everything's running smoothly. Okay. All right. So we've got don't take their word for it. Don't feel guilty about taking what's entitled, you're entitled to in a property settlement or, or children's mm-hmm. matters. And then don't sign anything without getting some legal advice or doing like some serious deep thinking about it. Number four, mum, what is the number four don't in divorce? Would you like us to take away the overwhelm of the divorce process and give you the step-by-step guide on what to do at each part of the process and show you how to do it? Even giving you the correct wording and legal templates that you can use for your property or parenting agreement? Would you like us to show you how to do your own negotiations and mediations and keep it out of court? Well, then you're invited to the DIY Divorce Blueprint. 
It is the only training of its kind that shows you exactly how you can do your own divorce, property and children settlements, mediations and negotiations so that you can finally move on with your life without having to spend thousands of dollars on lawyers and years in limbo. Go to www.thedivorcecourse.com.au backslash enroll to find out more today. Join us now. Number four, mum. What is the number four don't in divorce? Uh, This is a bit sad, but it's don't expect your ex's family to really be on your side or even to be neutral. It's it's almost impossible, I think. Some wonderful people do stay neutral. The grandparents walk a a line and and it's usually about grandchildren. Um, But if that happens, Mm. that's wonderful for you. But be prepared that it might not happen and then you won't get so hurt. And understand that uh, even if you've had a lovely relationship with them, it's that old saying about blood being thicker than water. And if you think about Mm. it, your parents have probably gone off your ex as well. So, um, you know, I know families where the, the, the partner was so awful that it's the partner's parents that, that my clients miss the most. Um, and look, yeah. over time that relationship heals, particularly while everything's up in the air, um, they'll probably stay out of it and and be neutral, uh, if not turn against you, I guess. So, yeah, just don't, mm. don't be saying things to them or to your ex-sister-in-law, brother-in-law that you don't want filtering back to your ex. We had a listener who wrote in and said that she couldn't afford to see a lawyer, so her ex-husband's sister was going to take her to see a lawyer and I was like oh I don't know if that's a good idea what would you say to someone who was doing that just don't just just don't don't. there's they're torn I guess allegiances allegiances, yes and so um they're they're going to be uh, no matter what their good intentions are what if your lawyer gives you some advice that really should just be for you and they've taken it back to your ex because they feel they must um any mm. good lawyer will probably make you leave your sister-in-law out in the out in the waiting room yeah yeah but you yeah. know just don't do it because they, they are they're torn loyalties and um they might not feel it at that moment but something might happen mm. like particularly you know if you're being amicable because you're guilty or whatever and, and you're giving in to your ex-partner their their family might think good for you you're you're really great but when you start yeah. to get on on um, a more neutral business like basis they might go how could you how could you do that to x and then and then or when you got a new partner absolutely or... yes that's right yeah. and then yeah. and then you've le- left like a leak where your private legal advice is going to be fed back to your ex so yeah don't mm. do it I guess that also covers, I know families and, and I, it's, it's interesting because you're a family lawyer that that is a big don't mm. because you must see it a lot for it to come up in your top five don'ts yes. uh, to rely on yeah. other families, but their side of the family. And Sad. look, all to you if you have a great relationship with your ex's parents and, and brothers and sisters or whatever, that's fantastic. But it, it, you've got to keep your divorce business-like. Yes. Because it is business that you're doing. You are settling money. You are sorting out assets. It's not kumbaya, let's hold hands and sing a song. You can do that after if it doesn't go right, right. you know. And that's great for the children to have that great relationship with all the grandparents and fantastic. But please don't 
stuff up everything because you yeah. felt bad about not being, you yeah, know, being in the family with your yeah. ex-mother-in-law. Yeah. And I know it could be hard. I guess sometimes, yeah, like you said, Mum, breaking up with, for some of our listeners, they said breaking up with the their ex, family. the hardest part was the family yeah, or right. the traditions right. or the going to visit. So I get yeah. that. But I think it's a cautionary tale also to remember divided allegiances during divorce also can include accountants and financial planners. You're, you are so right. You can't, I don't, do you, are you familiar with the phrase that no dog can have two masters? Yes. <laughs> okay. And yes. also acts to grind. I always wonder if your generation knows that. But yes, you need your own legal advice and you need your own mm. accountant and you need your own financial planner. Just like you wouldn't trust your ex, like my top one, don't listen to your ex about what you're entitled to. Well, how do you know that the accountants haven't got a slightly different agenda? So you need someone on Team mm. U that can do that for mm. you. And with family, be careful sometimes. If you find your ex, ex's parents are all over you and all supportive of you, A, it could be a, a ruse, it could be a trick, but B, they may actually have an axe to grind against your partner and it's not because they your ex-partner, not because they love you so much. It's just because they're happy to stick it to their their wayward son or daughter, um, which is just mm. a bad basis for anything. So, you know, you, yeah. you want to cut that negativity yeah. out. Like you say, leave it for as long as you like. And then yeah. um, and then if if the, once the dust has settled and everything's in more routine, you can have a more collegiate relationship with that family. Mm. It's like you might have to go and get yourself a new financial planner because I, I have found out from Pedro, one of our financial yes. planners that I've talked on the podcast before, I don't think you're actually allowed to represent two parties, um, you know, if they're separated or during divorce. So definitely make sure you go and see a different financial planner um, or get them to, yes. but I would go and see a new one. Yes. Um, and same with the accountant. You might have, like I know a lot of people go to barbecues with their accountants and parties, mm-hmm. but you just got to, you got to, mm-hmm. just for the business process of word. separating everything, you got to move yeah. it out. And yeah. one of the TikTok, uh, TikTok uh, live watchers has just said, I'm acting like the CEO of a big company yes. who has to make tough decisions. I took your advice. So well oh, done. Good job. <laughs> well done, you. Yeah. That's fantastic. Someone's listening to your advice. Oh, well, Isn't that great? I don't often get feedback in real time. <laughs> yeah. Well done. <laughs> so, so we've got don't take their word for yeah. it. Don't feel guilty. Don't sign anything without seeing somebody and don't rely on their side of the family Mm -hmm. or tell them anything or involve them in it because really in the end they probably can't have your best interest at heart. But you can still be friends with the family later. Um, What's number five? Well, number five is don't do in divorce. Don't move out of the house without talking to a lawyer first. Okay, unless okay. it's really safer for you to leave, in which case run like hell and then we'll sort that out later. So in Australia there's a thing called sole occupancy and uh, and the court can make an order that one person live in the house and they don't usually make an order like they did in the old days that both of you could continue to live in the house even if you're at daggers drawn sort of thing. Um, so... But be careful because the court may decide it's you that has to move, not the other person. So go and see a lawyer. Um, generally, if you have to leave the house, if there's DV or just for your own sanity, that doesn't mean you don't you lose your rights to your house. You know, this, I'm talking about people who own the houses here. Um, you can still, even if the other person's been living in it since separation, the court often does 
uh, Canon does, award it to um, the person who's been out of the house for the for the time. So some people kind of set up like a squatting thing in there. I'm not leaving the house. And if you need to separate, it might have to be you that goes in the short term, but you're not giving up too much. Um, yeah, so the only drawback with the, someone else staying in the house, but you've got to weigh it up. You've got to weigh safety, sanity, and best interests of the children. It's terrible for them to see people fighting. If they won't move out and they have to stay in there, you're probably dealing with an avoidant person or a high-conflict person. Um, the issue often happens with that. If the house has to be sold anyway, there's no point hanging on to it, staying there. You might as well go and start uni life. Um, but if it has to be sold and you've got a particularly vindictive or emotionally um, upset person in the house or an avoidant or depressed or whatever, um, or just nasty, uh, they may mm. not keep the house nice for sale. So, or they just might not. Avoidant people often just can't can't bring themselves to. They can't move out and all of that. That's the only drawback. But there's nothing right. that that you could they can do that hasn't been done before and is dealt with by the Australian Family Courts quite efficiently. But if people want to stay out of court. Yeah. They don't want to go to court. They want to do this. They'll see a lawyer, yes. though, to make sure they know what they're getting is fair, yeah. but stay out of court, maybe do mediation, consent mm-hmm. orders, property Absolutely. agreement. Before you move out, you've got to think to yourself, what are, what is the divorce personality type yes. that my ex has and that I have? And mm-hmm. we've talked about we've done, our first ever podcast episode covers it and our course covers it. Yes. If they're avoidant and you move out of the house, like you've said, mum, the potential is that they just might not ever get it ready for sale. And if you move out, you're going to be in a bit of trouble if they just refuse to clean up for open house or they refuse to fix up the front fence that's broken, which may cost money in the sale of the house. Oh, you will. You'll lose money. And the courts almost never make an order that a person undertakes certain positive actions to sell the house. If if they're not going to let you, they will order you to do all acts and things to sell the house. And the registrar Mm. of the court in Australia can sign the contract, can sign the transfer documents. But, yeah, yeah, but the thing is uh, you will lose money if, if the person is, is going to trash the joint and not mow the lawn. That That's the problem. Yeah. 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 And then I guess so think about that if you've got an avoidance. So that's the type of person who's just like uh, doesn't want to deal with divorce, doesn't want to even focus on it, just ignores it, doesn't rep- respond to your emails about it, doesn't talk mm-hmm. about how to split property. But then you've got the high conflict. Yes. Um, if you move out of the house and you have a high conflict person, uh, can you rely on them to do it? Prob- it's probably if you're in it and they move out, they're probably going to be angry with the way you do things. Yes. So you need to think about that as well, yes. I guess, and play it out in your mind. How is this going to work? Is it going to be uh, less resistance if I let them get the house ready? Yes. Uh, yes. Or is it going to be uh, less resistance if I get the house and, ready? And another sale? one for that is sometimes if you're going to get a bigger percentage of the property pool, if it's been decided you're going to get maybe 70% and the other person's going to get 30 um, they mm. don't have a big incentive to sell for the top price because, you know, mm. they're only losing a little bit. Sorry about my dog. But, uh, yes, yeah, so if you've got a high-conflict person in there, they can uh, literally try to scuttle the deal. In fact, some people would rather lose money on a sale than give you more money. So, mm. I mean, we've, we've got listeners mm. who their ex-partner trashed the house before yes. the sale. Yes. So, or we've got other uh, members in our divorce course membership where the partner 
won't get out of the That's house. Right. You can get an order. Them. You can get orders. To, yes. It's called an ouster order, but it's a lot of drama. So, you know, mm. think about it. Mm. And be careful you're not the avoidant one. If you might mm. think, do you know what, it's easier if I just go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So think about that and have that hard conversation if it's safe to do so with your ex. Yes, of course. And if it is not safe, the first thing you should do yeah. is leave. Call 1-800-RESPECT, make a safety plan. Yes. Definitely plan the way that you're going to leave in a safe manner, mm. um, but call 1-800-RESPECT. Or That'll if help. you're in another yeah. country, of course, check out what are the domestic violence support phone calls and uh, you can make them all go online and they have a quick exit button so it can't be seen um, in case someone's looking at it for you. Yes. So, Mum, going back, so we've got the five things the top that five. you should never do in divorce yes. that Mum has seen in her family law experience that is really not great for you, yeah. and they are, don't take their word for it, don't sign anything <laughs> until you've seen a lawyer, don't feel guilty, no. um, and don't rely on their family. And the house one, in your words, Mum? Yeah. It's, um, it, don't move out of the house without legal advice, really, unless yeah. it's not safe to do so. Oh, and another thing, Laura, is that a yes. lot of people are very attached to their things. And, yes. and it's hard to do a safety plan and, and escape with all of your stuff. So you might mm. want to think about quietly moving some of the less obtrusive stuff to a friend's place. Um, if yeah. it comes to a crunch and you have to leave without it, just remember it's just stuff. You know, yes. you can take some videos of it and, uh, and the furniture and everything's secondhand anyway. I think, uh, I mean, years and years ago, back in the 80s, I remember a lady, she'd been planning to leave. Um, mm. But in the end, it was her and two kids in their pajamas running down the street, and mm. she never went back. And it disappeared. Her her yeah. music, her sewing, all the stuff that she loved, and her twenty first birthday but presents. I'm sure her and her children were they safe. They were. They were and quite they, safe. And yeah. One of the TikTok watchers is saying, "Be prepared to leave all physical things." Yes. So as long as you've got that safety plan and an action plan to enact. Uh, again, like you said, everything else can be replaced. Yes. Lives can't be. If you are interested, if you are at a phase where you're thinking about leaving, we do have some podcast episodes, uh, number one, two, three, four, you can go and listen to. And we also have a checklist that you can download for free yep. um, to tell you the things that you should take photos of for your property settlement because sometimes in a high conflict or a manipulative controlling, you'll move out, you'll do a runner, and then you will never find out the information you need to help you get your property settlement without lots of yeah, court You'll drama. go, what about that, you know, antique bars? And they'll go, what antique bars? There was never an antique yeah. bars. Or where's but also, life? what about your superannuation yes. that you've got 500000 in? And they'll go, what superannuation? Yes. Or, you know, what about your job? You know, all the information, uh, there is a checklist. You can download yes. it for free. Just go to the www.thedivorcecourse.com.au and you click, click on the before you go checklist. And of course, again, that is just for the financial property side yes. of things. Please make sure if you're in a domestic violence situation, you go and safe. get your own safety yeah. plan sorted. Um, and of course, you can call 1-800-RESPECT in Australia. Yes. Now, mum, thank you so much for you're that. Welcome, how did we go? <laughs> I don't know. It was our first ever podcast episode <laughs> live on TikTok that I'm going to have to go and edit significantly. <laughs> but but it was nice to have some listeners on yes. with us as well. And so thank you, Rosie yeah. and Karchik oh, and our songs to Prito. They've been writing some great stuff. Just go to our website, www.thedivorcecourse.com. 
www.thepodcast.com.au and we've got so many resources that you can jump onto. And also we're always doing live webinars if you're interested about property settlement, property agreements, children's matters, et cetera. So you can register for one of our live webinars. And also (laughs) don't forget we've got our course that people can buy. And also we have started doing some uh, really easy, simple to follow videos on how to fill in court documents if you're interested. They're in Australia. Um, Yeah, they're very good, Laura. Mum talks you through how to fill in each question. They're confusing ads. So thank you, Mum for doing that and a lot of people have been using that recently that's right Mm. so thank you everybody for watching and thank you everybody for listening and thank you mum for your time thank you laura bye everyone if you found this podcast helpful we'd love it if you could rate review and subscribe by doing so you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation and remember that the australian laws may have changed since recording